It's Jeffrey Lyles. You're listening to Lyles Movie Files. Wherever you're listening, hope you're having an awesome day. Big show today, talking to the boys about the CW shows that are back. We're talking Black Lightning, talking Supergirl, and we're talking The Flash. We got Arrow coming next week because when we recorded this, it was too late. Also, we're looking at movies that never in the history of man should have been remade. And you know what I'm talking about. And we're also talking about some movies that probably need and warrant a remake. So, that's it for the show. Wanted to also give a big shout out to Barry Kitson, uh, the Superman artist who hit me up on the site, complimented me on a review I did. So, thank you, Barry. Appreciate it. And got a lot of movies on the site you can check out. I did Jumanji. I did uh, 12 Strong. Mom and Dad starring Nicolas Cage. Consider that a warning. And whole bunch of good stuff. Lots of figure reviews, a lot of comic book reviews, and I'm almost caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, hope you're having a good day. Check out the show. Thank you for listening. Alright, joining me right now for this exciting week's show is my man, Chief. How you doing, man? Everything's good, Jeff. Everything's good. Outstanding. Trevon King, how you doing, brother? I'm living a dream. How about you, Mr. Laos? I'm good. And Jace? Brother of mine, how are you? I'm good. Brother of mine. Well, you know, you got on me for calling you little brother last week, so I just wanted to give you something different so you didn't feel slighted or whatever. I read today that U.S. ticket sales have dropped to their worst in 24 years. Meanwhile, and I'm sure this is totally, completely unrelated, ticket prices have soared to $8.97. Do you think there's any correlation between movie prices soaring and people deciding, eh, I don't need to go to this movie. I'll wait three months until it comes on Blu-ray or wait four months until it comes on Netflix. Jays, what do you think about this? $8 is $8, $9 for a movie. is just not sustainable. And that's just for the standard definition, not versus a real good picture anyway. So I just, I'd, wait, I'd sit at home and watch that. Chief, how about you, man? It's the thing. People pay for what they want, Jeff. People who like movies go to the movies, spend their money on movies. So I don't, I don't think the price is really going to be really that much outrageous. I think the problem is this. One, you don't have to go to the movies to watch the movies. My man mm-hmm. just came telling me tonight that he was going to watch Proud Mary on some download thing. So why nobody's going to the movies anymore because they're watching it from their house. They've got fire sticks. They've got mm-hmm. these that they're, they're watching from. So there's your movie. There's a lot of your movie tickets right there because now the person doesn't have to leave, lose the, leave the house to watch the movie. There was a time when you would, go to the, you, know, you would go to the movies, and when you went to the movies to see whatever movie it was you would see, uh, if you liked the movie, you would try to, you know, might, you might see it a couple of times if you really liked it. That movie wouldn't come to cable for almost like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Two years even. Word. Word. So now that same movie that you enjoyed at the movie theater is coming to the movies within four or five months. So the other point is this. I used to go see a movie and say, ah, I'm, I'm going to go check it out. But now I know that I don't have to check it out because it'll be on TV. It'll be on cable in just a, in just a few months. So if it's if it gets so so reviews, you know how I used to you wasn't sure about the reviews and you'd be like, ah mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna go see it though because it might be 
you don't have to say it might be anymore. Mm-hmm. You say, well, I can wait. So, uh, for example, I remember I saw on my, I think on my birthday, I went and saw Happy Death Day. It's, it's getting released on like Amazon or something like either last week or this week. Anyway, it's coming out. And I think it's going to be on cable soon after that. So mm-hmm. if you if there's a mediocre film or a film that you really want to see, you can wait. <laughs> It'll be out in a few minutes. DVD Tuesday, Amazon Tuesday, Netflix mm-hmm. Tuesday. You don't have to wait no more to get everything is right at your fingertips. So what I'm saying is, you pay thirty five dollars for your for your your Amazon uh, flash drive, whatever it is. You plug it in. Guess what? You see any movie you want at home. You don't have to be bothered with people in the movie theaters. You don't have to do all that thing. What I think movies, what I think they should do is go up on the price and charge 20 bucks a movie, 20, 25 bucks a movie, and then let you stream the movies as it comes out to your house. You invite a few friends over because you only fit so many people anyway. Mm, And then you stream the movie right to your house. Brilliant. I think that the prices will come up because nobody's coming. Nobody wants to come out. It's a hassle now. I mean, people are talking during the movies. Uh, it's crazy in there now. That's so, that's brilliant. That's that I, next right there. <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you <laughs> off, but that's that next right there. I would pay for that. Yeah, you I think most people. Where they they said, well, look, you got to pay a hundred dollars a year, hundred fifty dollars a year for every uh-huh. movie that comes out. Would Done. come straight to you. Done. Who wouldn't uh, do that? I, yeah. Seriously. Like if, if Sony or Marvel, like they say, hey, let's say Miramax and some of their subsidiaries, like you have like kind of a price scale like that. Like, hey, here's the basic Sony package, but for the extra hundred fifty, you could get the Miramax or whatever our subsidiaries are. I think most people are like that. It is. All right, Javon. How about you, man? Everybody made great points. I want to, something Jason said that it really touched on, I think it's one of the things, several things to change the dynamics of, of, of movies, but everything across the board as we knew it growing up and into now our adulthood, right? One thing that Jason touched on was the cost of movies. We mentioned that from the beginning, Jeff, when you opened the statement, you mentioned that. You said, what, the movie was, minimum wage was, what, five bucks, which was the cost of a single movie ticket, right, Jason? I think it was something like yeah. that, right? And, that's, and that's, it was five twenty-five. And that was not if you got a student discount, because then you're even better. But exactly. you can't afford others added to <clears throat> that movie. Exactly. And I look at things that have changed since we were teenagers to now. Um, remember when arcades were dying beasts when we were teenagers? Mm-hmm. Remember, you know, and the arcade was a place where everybody in our age brackets, our age groups went to in the 80s, late 70s through the 80s to the early 90s. In the early 70s, when, you know, arcades started popping up, it was a thing to do. Just like for teenagers, that was a thing to do. Mm-hmm. Arcades, movies, you know, hangout spots. As we got older, when we got into our teen years, we were probably like one of the last generations of teens that actually held jobs, right? So to have our own disposable income. And then also what wasn't available to us, we didn't have Netflix. We didn't have streaming services. None of that was around. You went to the movies. You, if you wanted to see Men in Black, you had to go to AMC Theater. You had to check the either you, you called the AMC hotline or you checked the paper to see when the movie was playing. Now, you know, you go on your cell phone, woo-woo. But beside that, 
kids don't go to the, I don't I, like when we go to the movies, I don't see kids. I don't see teenagers. What I see are adults, middle-aged to elderly folks going to the movies. It's the rarity that you see a group of teens going to the movies. And you need to go to your movie theater because what Honey <laughs> says is exactly one of the reasons why I don't like paying to go because mm-hmm. if you go on a weekend, you're running the risk of 10, 15 teens just hanging out because they can't go anywhere else. So they go really? into the movie theater and they sit and talk through the whole movie. They're joking around. They're on their phone. And man, I get so annoyed with that light from the phone. It's like, dude, you're watching a movie. It's wow. 90 minutes. It's two hours. You can put it on pause and watch a movie. But yeah. You I'm know like, what's sad? I see more adults doing that than kids. It's just, well, I say that because this. When we go to the movies, typically it's during the day, during the weekday. Uh, yeah. Kids are at school, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so let me change that old perspective. But the, the thing is, like you said, if you go to the movies, the kids are on their phones. It's not an experience to them anymore. This is just, a, it's just happening. Mm. Remember, like, <laughs> when we went to the movies, it was an experience. You shut up and you watch the movie. Yeah, we could, we could, up, we could shut watch up. Watch we could turn on outside world for two hours. Yeah, you can tune the outside world out for two hours and watch a movie. So there's probably that at work. And and they say, like you said, if I can go buy a fire stick and download Cody to that fire stick, and I've got movies on this thing streaming before they're out in theaters, I ain't going to your movies. I'm not paying 20 bucks to go sit in the theater, eat stale popcorn, and, and walk across the oily floor to get into a seat and watch a movie. I, I can pause. I can go to the bathroom. I can go and, and make myself a sandwich. I can enjoy my movie on my terms, on my time. Yep. So there's that. Technology has, has, has ruined that aspect of it also. All right, all right, let's move on. So <laughs> talk for an hour about movie prices. All right, so one of the things that I think is stopping people from going to the movies, and, and this is that deal where Hollywood doesn't really want to take accountability, they're putting out crappy movies. And one thing that one common complaint that I read and hear from people are there are too many remakes. There's no original ideas and Hollywood keeps doing the same thing over again. Now, earlier this week, I gave you guys the assignment because there's always going to be some some writer, some studio, some director who's convinced their idea for a remake is perfect. And then the rest of us is like, oh, gosh, why did you remake that? And then in some rare cases, there's a remake that actually works. But I wanted to come up with you guys and and decide one movie that is untouchable, that is remake untouchable from the 80s and 90s. And one movie, just one. I mean, if you've got, you know, two, three, I'll let you ride with it. But and then one movie, one movie that's untouchable and one that absolutely is right and ready and necessary for a remake. All right, uh, one movie that I would never that I that is perfect the way, and 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 this is gonna go in a a uh, uh, I guess a certain genre. I don't want to see a remake of Coming to America or Harlem Nights. Hell no, you can't. I think those movies were perfect the way they were, just perfect the way they were. Can't knock those. And a movie they can read. Huh? I can't knock those. Those are two perfect choices. You you can't remake any of Eddie's early stuff, man. You can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those movies were were, were pretty great, man. 
I'm sorry, uh, I, I got it. I got it, y'all. Can y'all imagine Kevin Hart as Axel Foley? I'm sure some some executive could. Uh, Let's not give me any ideas. Uh, All right, Chiefs. What's, no, no, what's no. Your, what is your remakeable movie? Uh, I like to give, I like them to give another shot. Uh, I like to see Green Lantern again. I like to give another shot of Green Lantern. And it wasn't that far off. Oh well, well that's but that's I, I don't have a, I don't know if I got an 80s or 90s movie. I think they they've pretty much remade most of those. <laughs> 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 I think they, and, and anything that got remade shouldn't have. So uh, uh, that, yeah. that they haven't shouldn't have. You know, nobody wants to see zapped again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, if I, you know, if I had to do an '80s movie, but nobody would understand it, man. I don't, I don't even know if you guys would get it. I would love to see a new Revenge of the Nerds. I love that movie, dude. I, they should have did that when they had the chance. I thought Michael Sarah and what's his name, Jonah Hill, back back in the super bad days. I thought they would have been perfect. That movie was that movie was awesome. I could have done. I mean. Yeah. I mean, if I could, like I said, '80s movies. I but I like to see that Green Lantern John get remade. I like, I, I enjoyed the first one. And, uh, I, I, damn it, I want to see what happens with Sinestro. <laughs> hey, he took the yellow ring at the end. <laughs> you left you hanging. All right, man. All right, I'm out. All right, so Jace, how about you? Okay, I, I have. Um, I, 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 this is like, wait. There are a lot of great movies, but I thought I'll go with my bad first. Okay. I would think one horrible movie that somebody genius might think you could really do, Heat, with Robert De Niro, uh, Michael the Michael Mann film. Like mm-hmm. I, I think there's a theory like, oh, we could do this with some up and coming actors. It'll be just like the chemistry of De Niro and Pacino. Like that would no, that would be a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, some the comedies. Of the '80s and '90s were kind of like, let's. There, there's probably a couple of them I think you could do, but if you want to do a little angst movie, I think you could do. You could remake Singles with uh, Matt Dillon. What? No. Like, like, no, I'm, I'm like you could do it like in the Twitter era. I mean, like Twitter, like the Tinder era. But okay, could, yeah. You could in theory do that, like like take a new take on that based on current day. Like I think Got you could it. do it. And it will relate to people. So I, I think those are that's that's OK, so you mentioned that. And, and that reminds me of a movie that I saw last year that I really liked called Bad Match. And basically it was a modern equivalent of Fatal Attraction. And it was it had all the different kind of like themes, but it really worked because it was wow, you can really take. A, a modern approach to something like this where you throw in online dating, you throw in the obsessive nature that is cell phones and incorporate that into dating and stalking. And you've got a totally different movie just from advancing it to make it more acceptable and relatable to modern audiences. So that was a good example for me of how you can update a premise and make it seem totally different. I'm not so sure now that my mine is predator because We've got a new Predator movie coming, and I just don't understand why we need a new Predator and how they think they can make a movie better because that was one of those 80s movies that maybe, maybe the special effects can be enhanced. But outside of that, 
they may as well have just gone the George Lucas route and release a 2018 special edition of Predator because there's no beating that movie. So those are mine. Javon, how about you, man? I got a couple. My, um, I'm going to start with my You Can Remake movies, right? right? I got three. One, War Games. Y'all remember War Games? Would you like Matthew to play Bart a game? Rick. Would you, would you like to play a game? Exactly. I think, you know, given cyber hacking, everything going on with the nuclear arms race and the, the climate of the world as we stand, it, I, I think you could remake this movie, put a few new touches in there, a, a, a similar but different storyline, and, and really make it work. Um, and then it's forgotten also. If you're not our age, you don't remember that movie. <clears throat> Gremlins is another. You, you could resurrect the Gremlins franchise. I don't know why nobody's tried to since Gremlins 2. You got a cutie, uh, cutie pootsy uh, character. You could make it kid friendly, but funny enough, get that PG, PG 13 rating. I don't know why nobody said, let's go for Gremlins again. And my third uh, big money action grab. You really could try to do, and I, I, I know somebody's going to disagree with me, and that's cool. Big Trouble in Little China is one of those sleeper action movies. It was now, funny. It was action-packed. It was great. It was great. It now, was funny did you mention that one, because Chris Pratt has long been rumored no. to star in an adaptation of Big Trouble in Little China. A remake, not an adaptation. So and you know what, though? That one's, on that, the, that one's on the book. Huh? I think that would work with him. Okay. Yeah, I think that would work. Yeah. yeah. Now, enough. 1980s Kim Cattrall. Oh. Yes. oh, who do you put in that role? Hmm. Wow. Doing fan mm. casting. Uh, let's no. see. I don't know. Uh, a blonde? Are there, any, are, there any, are there any blondes in Hollywood? Margot Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I'm always in favor of putting her in pretty much any movie. So, yeah. Anything. Okay. Wait a minute. We, we, we already, we've already complained. We've already said that Scarface is a bad idea, right? Of course. Scarface is a terrible <laughs> idea. There's no reason. That's untouchable. The only way, you know, Scarface worked when they remade it because of what was going on in Miami's with the cocaine explosion and the immigration, all that stuff that was happening down there. The Cuban immigrants, the, 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 the Peruvians, Colombians, all coming to Miami with the cocaine. It worked then. Now you don't have an epidemic unless you focus on a Mexican cartel and then every Mexican defamation group would, would breathe down your neck so hard if you were to do that. So it's not going to work. No. Could you do like with the opium crisis? No, no. There's no, no reason, no excuse to make a Scarface movie. There are millions yeah. more. Okay. Really right. <laughs> um, I'm with Chief again. You can't remake any Eddie Murphy 80s movie. Don't try it. Because I'm going to tell you something. Go back. I watched this to this past week. If you watch that scene in Beverly Hills Cop when they're at the strip club and Nasty Girl comes on and Eddie is giving you full Eddie, he is talking, you know what, he is boogieing, he's also being serious and I mean, he's selling Axel Foley all the way. He's, he's funny, he's serious. It's, it's just so much going on with that scene. Nobody in Hollywood right now could do that. No comic right now, young black comic could do that right now. He was one of a kind. You couldn't remake any of 48 hours, forget about it. Who's going to be Nick Nolte? Who's going to be Eddie? Those characters, nobody could be Eddie. Though. Um, so yeah, any Eddie picture, there's so many, man, because I guess it's not just because we hold those movies near and dear. 
it's because those were unique pictures coming out of the 80s, man. It was a lot of creativity coming out of the 80s, even into the 90s. So there's not a lot that you can redo. Have you like have y'all seen the new Point Break or the new when it, when it, the one that came out a, a year or two ago? I mean, I could, but why? Yeah, why? I mean, exactly. It was terrible. And Point Break was terrible when it came out. But it was just a nostalgia. It gives you so much nostalgia because it was terrible. You ragged on it. But it was so 90s that you really can't duplicate, that you can't recreate what made that film what it was. All the special effects, all the, the action sequences in the world ain't going to duplicate it. So there's just so many. I can't even name one that you can't duplicate because there are so many. Don't try. That's, that's the message. That's the last statement on that. Hollywood, don't try it. All right. Moving on to the smaller screen here. This is a big week. We had a lot of shows returning. We had Supergirl kicking off the CW superhero lineup. And this one, Supergirl, is laid up for half the episode. And the legion of substitute inept heroes have to keep Rain busy until Supergirl wakes up. And John remembers that he, too, is Martian Manhunter, a superhero capable of stopping major world-shattering threats. Uh, Yeah. So... Let's just start with Supergirl. I'll break through all these later on. But Chief, I know you watched Supergirl. What was your what was your take on it? If I go further on my my thoughts on it, you know, man, um, the storyline up to this point had been pretty good this year. Um, they hadn't done a lot of mess up, but these last two episodes, I you know, and I always find myself wondering, like. When they do the episodes, uh, all right. So, if you get shot, and then while you're laying on the ground bleeding from that gunshot, and someone hits you with a spitball, is that spitball going to now hurt? I would think it would. So, if if you if you and here's what I'm saying. So you're I fighting someone not wait to see where are. this is going. All right, so go ahead. You're fighting somebody as strong as you are, right? Uh, They're hitting you with regular old earth objects. Mm-hmm. So I remember they, they she poured out a piece of concrete and she started hitting Supergirl with the concrete, which never broke, by the way. It was it must have been Kryptonian concrete. <laughs> Just like that car. So, and I'm thinking to myself, hold up, she's bleeding. She hit her so hard with the concrete that now she's bleeding. She's like, ow. And then she, <laughs> she, she holds the Supergirl over a building and drops her. But she's got to fly. Fall shouldn't have hurt you. This is it what didn't. you do. You're Supergirl. You can fall she's from so, a building. It's okay. She was got to yeah, fly. So the drop didn't hurt her. It was more, she was so bloody and pulp, beaten to a pulp. Really, dude? Just tossed is her that like, where we're going? Well, is that where we act with our lives nowadays? <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> she won't explain any, any plot hole. You were like, no, 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 nah, man. It was the cumulative effects of the fight. She was worn down, and she just she dropped her, and that was the impact from his rain dropped her, and she just broke. Okay, fell on the all right. yeah, all right. You guys, yeah. you, you guys are just ready to spoon up anything. Oh, I'm going to eat it. It's goulash. Mm. Now, the concrete, I was, I was going to try and go with the force argument, but if you hit, it, I mean, like, kind of, remember how in the scene in Ant-Man where a guy gets hit with a toy truck? But right. you realize it's a toy truck. It didn't hurt. 
It was yeah, before the paper. yellow jacket tossed him at it. But he didn't. He he laughed it. I mean, it wasn't. It was like kind of, haha. This really isn't gonna hurt. But it is a toy truck. But the car. Oh, I'm saying yeah, you can you can get hit with a car and it and it doesn't even dent the car. So you just kind of deal with it. Man. See, I know, man. I I just like then and then the character. The other characters are fluff characters. Like okay, so you got this girl. She's indestructible. You put kryptonite around her neck it doesn't affect her but she's so she breaks kryptonite from around her neck yet the needle with the kryptonite in her in it is powerful enough to pierce her neck all right you know what you guys take over from here i will okay i will i'm gonna be like a listener i'm gonna listen to but yeah I, I, i i don't understand like they did they do well and then they disappoint me. All right, Jace, hold on. I, I need to address some of the stuff that she, she said. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So they, they've they always kind of established that the stuff, like a, a piercing weapon can hurt Superman. So I, I cut him a break on the kryptonite pen. My problem was with how the Legion of Superheroes sat on the sidelines and chilled because for some hold reason, on, they don't have any way to put DNA or some code to defeat some future enemy onto a disc and send it off to somebody else and join the fight. So instead, they're just kind of sitting there and Brainiac is in the little uh, suspended animation until Monel decides, hey, I need you to go into Supergirl's head and make sure she's okay. So I guess the show decided Saturn Girl is not going to have her telepathic abilities, which is kind of her entire stick. And she's now going to be telekinetics. She's going to move things with her mind, as Scarlet Witch said. Or not Scarlet Witch, Maria Hill. So, and then Monel, we still have no idea what Monel actually does because he needed the flight ring apparently to fly, which is fine because it wasn't like he was doing a whole lot of that in his season of Supergirl. But while Rain was dodging and laughing off Brainiac 5 Starship Blast, they didn't do anything. They just sat and watched. It reminded me like the old wrestling back in the day where the NWO would try to jump Sting and everybody would politely wait their turn before they get beat down by him. So no one decided to do anything. They just sat and watched. And surprise, Rain was more powerful than a starship. So she shrugged off those. And then Saturn Girl tosses some weights. And this is kind of like what Lonnie was talking about, where it's like, hey, uh, how's that stuff going to hurt her anyway? And then that surprisingly does not work. And then Monel, with the slowest move ever, he decides to take a leisurely stroll at Rain. And she freezes him and makes him into a ball of ice. So it was really ridiculous, and they were completely stupid and ineffective, and it just kind of made them like, why are these X-Men rejects here in Supergirl? And Martian Manhunter, yeah, and Martian Manhunter, who does absolutely nothing, like the show finds extra ways to keep him on the sidelines and come up with dumb ways or or reasons why he's not going to go help Supergirl. Everything is gone amok. And he's like, well, let me see if I can use this special gun to save Supergirl. But that never works. He's a superhero, and he's got shape-shifting abilities. He can phase. 
He has Martian vision, Martian breath, and super strength. So for some reason, he decides he's just going to sit on the sidelines as the black leader of the DEO and not do anything else. That's weird. But of course, it wasn't a real surprise when Rain took him out because Rain and anyone else can defeat Martian Manhunter with a stern look. And then, of course, it, it came down to Supergirl, who just woke up from her coma to stop Rain. And once again, for the second or third time in that episode, everybody just watched Rain go away. Their entire purpose of the episode, we've got to stop Rain before she does anything bad to hurt anybody else. And when they had the drop on her, they just sit and watch her go away. Now, you'd think that maybe Brainiac 5 ship could find his tractor beam and keep her in suspended animation or something. And maybe, uh, and Monel maybe could use his scruffy beard to hold her down a little bit, just long enough for Supergirl to put her in a prison. No, they just decided to let her run off and hopefully she's learned a lesson and she's been properly scolded and won't do anything bad again. So, yeah, I had a couple problems with this episode. I think the only thing I didn't mind and was okay with was James and Lena uh, actually having an adult relationship on a CW show without their normal eight weeks of stupidity. And at least James got one more kiss with Lena than he did with Kara. So good for James. Jace, what was your take, bro? Okay. Uh, I had all the same issues you did. You guys did. Uh, Martian Manhunter, and hey, instead of stopping her, I'm going to take a gun. You have, like, superpowers. What the hell are you taking a gun to this fight for? Uh, the You could actually have phased into act like you were Supergirl and done the exact same thing Supergirl did and actually been at full strength. You know, you really did not need Supergirl. The Legion, quote-unquote, of superheroes, completely useless. Like, the fact, as soon as they came out with those black, like, X-Men reject costumes, I just like, are you freaking kidding me? I, 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 I it, they kind of lost me on that. And it was just like, and, uh, Mono has no superpowers. I don't know why you guys keep con- confusing that. He has no superpower. I mean, he can't fly. He has no super strength. He's useless. Uh, he's not even fast. I mean, there's, there's nothing. Brainiac with his 12th level intellect didn't come up with some of those basic ideas you guys did. Like, that was just, like, hey, can we just warp to the, instead of being in suspended animation for 100 years, how about we just figure out how to get back to the future? Like, I'm, you know, pretty smart. I can't whip this up. I can't make the technology that gets me back to the future. Nope. Pretty dumb. So, uh, I just kind of threw this away as just, yeah, this is a, this is a forgettable episode to get to the back to the Supergirl rain fight, uh, and I like bringing back uh, was a Chad Lowe is the prophet uh, of doom. I was like, okay, well at least he has more than one line. I mean, he actually seems to have a purpose versus that one episode. So, mm-hmm. and I, so I mean, it's like I, I threw this away because you know, I'm sure they didn't even say if the Legion was gone after this. I'm like, they're pretty useless, so they might as well go go away. Cause, they added nothing to this. So. No. And, yeah, I, 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 that was a throwaway episode to me. And then you mentioned, because we talked, uh, I guess, right after that, you mentioned there was somebody who was not mentioned or referenced whatsoever that you thought was kind of weird. You know, if somebody, if, I, I'm, if one of you guys is in a coma, I would like to know. But if you, Jeffrey, as my brother, or any one of my family members is in a coma, 
I'd like to know. Oh, if you've been in a coma for a couple of days, you know, and I can like fly over like across the world in like a couple seconds. I'd like to know. It's the guy's name's uh, Superman. Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superman. Hey, uh, your cousin's in a coma because of this Kryptonian bad guy. You mind giving us a call? I mean, even just mentioning the guy's name, like we 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 tried to reach out to Superman, but he's off world. Like that throwaway line would have been okay. That makes sense why he's not available. But we have a super Kryptonian problem, but we don't decide to call Superman when his cousin's in a coma. Nothing argue. No, 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 no complaints there, Chief. Uh, did we cover all of your problems sufficiently? Because I felt like we were kind of on the same page with this episode. Yes, and uh, that is finally we're on the same page. Yes. All right. It feels See, good, doesn't it? It does. It is. Come on in. Yes. <laughs> You're in the majority. Good job. <laughs> now you playing with power. All right. So that was Monday's show. Then Tuesday, we had The Flash. Barry Allen decides he is going to sit and brood for, entire, for an entire episode while the rest of Team Flash does whatever and comes up with anything to get him acquitted in murdering uh, the thinker, Clifford DeVoe. And... Then we also had a weird, random uh, rogue show up, and he didn't do anything. He had really, really bad BO or was radioactive. So he was fallout, and he didn't do anything. And he his presence was kind of weird. Unlike Supergirl, which I really appreciated, The Flash actually took the time to show why Cisco and Caitlin couldn't just take care of him. I still don't think that this was a situation where Flash needed to pop out, but at the very least showing, hey, we can't just throw him to some other breach because he'll mess everything up there and maybe you'll get blown up. And hey, Caitlin tried and she and he overheated her freeze ability. So it was like, okay, or at least proving there's a need for Barry, even though Barry should not have left the court in the middle of his trial. And why does he have a cell phone in the first place? But there were those issues, but my main issue and the only real issue I had with this was how Barry did not seem to care whatsoever about the possibility of life in prison. He was just like, well, you know, I'm sure it'll work out. Don't worry. Don't do anything. I won't say my secret identity. I'm not going to just run away. Even though I ran through time, I've changed timelines and all season last year, I came up, stayed up late and crammed and figured out every possible scenario to keep Iris alive. I'm just going to sit back and chill this time. I, I think it's just going to work out on its own. Everybody, it's okay. So I, I hated that Barry didn't really have any kind of interest in defending himself. That was lame. I liked everybody else's response, and I thought that Ralph actually got a moment to not come off like a Hollywood creeper and just scheming on uh, Cecile's short skirt in the courtroom, and everything was good with him. He had a nice moment where he was trying to help Joe from going down the path that he was traveling. So I like that. I like DeVoe. I like the whole dynamic with him and his wife where she's kind of like, Ooh, I don't know if I like you in this young hottie body. I kind of want, I kind of want the pruny old guy who I'd known all this time. And I like that DeVoe is just so, so ridiculously overconfident where he's like, come on, man, you can't do anything to me. You're lost. You've lost. You're losing. 
and you've come up with no way to stop me. And this is like probably the first time in Washington Flash where I was like, yeah, he's got a point, Barry. You just need to chalk it up, dude. You're going to prison and he's won. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on Flash. So what you guys think? Okay. I was just wondering, like, I understand you don't want to have this be a big courtroom drama because you, I mean, we assume that Barry's going to go away. But they could have easily just said, hey, like, why were you stalking uh, DeVoe? Oh, because his name came up in the Savitar investigation because there was rumored that a uh, super genius was going to be causing all these problems. And when you have a evil robot samurai with future technology, we decided to investigate this person. You know, that comes up with your reason for why you're stalking a guy. Oh, it looks like an investigation. showed up in your house in the first place. Like, why is it there? I didn't, I didn't even see the wheelchair. So it's like, so how's this dude who has a wheelchair? Like, why is this knife in here in my house? That what? It's not registered. It wasn't registered as a gift, but it was sent to my address. But yet, I killed this guy. Like, no one has. There's no record of that. There's no view of this guy coming out of his house. Like, he has cameras in his house that he's already, you know, shown that I've been in his house, you know, illegally. But there's no camera of him coming out of the house. And do we have a record of this guy of uh, the new DeVoe body? Do you have a record of him being at the ALS meeting for his father? Like, I understand you don't want to have it be a courtroom drama, but it's like, if you're going to introduce some of those things, it's just like, just mention kind of, like, okay. Like, just, just say, hey, we tried all these ideas. It didn't work out. Like, I, I, I made this defense while you were gone just because you decided you wanted to save the city one more time. And now you're going to sit in prison, but you're really not going to sit in prison because you're basically having the ability to phase out of prison whenever you want. So it's not a big deal. But that, that was, I, I also thought that wasn't a great lead-in for Black Lightning because it was like, wow, that was kind of a depressing episode. Like, I kind of want to not watch TV for a while. I don't want to go from that episode into a new show like where I, I, I don't know what that's about, but I, I have no hope right now. So let's go to – I want to go home and wallow. All oh, hope is off. Watch a new show. Yeah. All right. So now I know everybody's except for Chief, has seen this, and we're going to be the people who maybe help convince him to sign up with watching Black Lightning. Uh, lots of people did watch it as CW reported that uh, Black Lightning's premiere had the best ratings for a new show in two years. So that's pretty good. CW, this is the fifth superhero show. So the fact that people are still tuned in, want to watch it, that's exciting. Uh, DC and Warner Brothers and CW came to DC last weekend. And a lot of people who attended got to meet the cast and got to see the premiere a couple of days early. Nothing but positive comments on it. So I was really excited about seeing this myself. And it was super late when I watched it, but I was really engaged throughout the whole episode. I really like Chris Williams. I think he's such a great choice for this. And it's cool to see one of the living sim- living single alumni uh, get some new shine in a modern show. So that's cool. Um, I like the dynamic with him and his ex-wife. I thought that's different. And, you know, hopefully eventually we'll get to see him and his wife reunite. I'm hoping that that's a little bit later down the road because I don't care about romance drama in my superhero shows. Just me. Uh, I like the daughters. I like the interplay between them. 
I just had two, and I liked the bad guys. I liked uh, how they weren't just the typical bad guys. Uh, my boy, what's the guy's name? Because I, I just cannot bring myself to call the dude La La. That's just not working for me. Latavius. Latavius, thank you. So Latavius, I like that he had this. He had these different wrinkles to him. He wasn't just like the straight up like gang lord. He was. He actually was working with this kid, helping him learn how to speak to people. He took an interest. Now maybe he's like this crazy dude on the on the flip side, but it was kind of interesting seeing that. Oh wow, he is kind of helping these kids get better to some maybe warped way. But it was neat that he had a a different perspective than just the normal bad guy who didn't care about his disposable people. And I really liked Tobias White. I liked his look. I liked the fact that he actually had two white henchmen, which is really different. and I just, I loved his kind of vibe. It kind of gave me this Netflix villain feel where he doesn't need to show up right away and he doesn't need to start causing trouble for Black Lightning immediately. He's kind of like that threat that's lurking on the side. I did have a couple problems just to uh, nothing major, but I uh, timed it. And I actually wrote when my notes with the second time happened. But in the first 20 minutes, they had two uh, situations where white police officers pulled or stopped Jefferson Pierce, a.k.a. Black Lightning. And I was kind of like, all right, you know, we see this all the time too often for my liking on the headlines. And we see the negative outcome of that. And I thought Luke Cage did a really good job addressing that with the bulletproof black man who couldn't get killed by cops and their guns and their trigger happy nature. I think with Black Lightning, that's still prevalent. That hadn't gone away or anything. But having that two times an episode was a little risky in the sense that, you know, for the black audiences who are watching this, it's going to be like, whatever, cool. Yeah, that does happen to me. I know somebody that's happened to. I've read that's happened. But I kind of feel like that's the kind of thing that's going to drive the mainstream audiences away from your show. Because, you know, for, for non-racist white people, and I know there's actually some out there, they're not necessarily going to want to watch all the white guys or the white police officers betrayed as bad guys. So, I mean, the cops in, in this episode really came off crummy and just terrible, like to an extreme. And I didn't like that because I just feel like, eh, you know, balance it out to show a, a, a couple of, of white officers who are on the up and up, who there's no issue with them. Just so there's a fair portrayal on both sides because it's like, I don't want to watch a show where all the black guys are are portrayed as thugs and crooks and criminals. And I don't necessarily want to watch a show, not so much watch a show, I don't want to see in Black Lightning all the white police officers made to look like villains of another kind. That does happen, but I don't want to see it all the time in every episode. Another issue was, I'm really excited we have a black man who's a superhero, who's the lead of his own show, who's not the sidekick, who's not a sideline person in charge, who never really gets to do anything and just sits and watches and waits for Supergirl, sorry, to do something. So I like that. I'm just not quite sure how I feel about his daughters already kind of coming up to become heroes of their own. I kind of want Black Lightning to get his own shine, to get his moment in the spotlight for a while before it starts becoming the Team Black Lightning show. Because we've seen that in all the other CW shows. So 
mixing that up by just letting one guy run for a while would be a nice change of pace. Javon, what do you think about it, man? All the same points, but specifically to that one with the daughters. Like you said, can we introduce Black Lightning first before we get into, all right, his daughter's breaking six now. Watch out for her. All right, that's cool and all, but let's dig into Black Lightning. I mean, not for nothing, he's got a standalone comic series that exists in DC World. Let's, let's get into him and his stories before we start to dig deep into the rest of the Black Lightning clan. I don't want to, I don't want it to get to, like you said, it's an ensemble of the Black Lightning family. Let, let's just focus on this man first. I liked it. Um, I liked that the, like you said, like he touched on all the great points. Um, what's his name? Lala. And he's just, it's not just mindless henchmen and mindless baddies. And you never really get a sense of who they are, who he is. You got an immediate sense that, you know, no matter what good or bad, how you feel about this guy, there's something more to him than just, I am the bad guy and I do bad things root against me. Mm -hmm. I like that dynamic that they created. Um, They're going to have an issue. Like you said, I don't want it to be a black centric show because black centric shows don't stay on the air very long. And it's not, you know, I'm not saying that there's, I'm, 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 that's the furthest thing I'm saying is like, I'm, as a black man, no, I just want this show to maintain and be on television because we don't have enough black shows on TV or shows with black cast, minority cast, whether they're black, Latino, Asian, whatever. We don't have enough shows where minorities are the primary cast mates, cast, uh, cast uh, members, participants. I and just well don't, too. and well-rounded, not just, yeah, not just the chicken circuit or some garbage like that, where we're actually articulate, intelligent, thinking, constant people, you know, where we're, we're portrayed as people and not objects, you know. Um, I don't want it to get to a point where, like you said, certain people are offended by the portrayal of, and part of me is like, why do I give a damn about that? Because for what it's worth, you ever watch The Sopranos and just wait for that one intelligent black character, that one black character that wasn't a terrible stereotype? Well, I mean, I watched one season of Sopranos, and I never felt the need to watch anymore because I didn't see myself on that show. Not that I was expecting exactly. Sopranos to have much you were expecting, right. But, but yeah, I, didn't I didn't want to see watching it. Yeah, I didn't want to see every time a black a black face pops up on The Sopranos He's got a do-rag on and he's holding a pistol sideways. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, man. That, really? Really? I, that's what I don't want us to do in the opposite because we can't afford to do that. They'll, they'll just put our ass off the air. Right. Period. I mean, you know, so like a I show think. like this is New York Undercover. New York Undercover right. was unapologetic. It was like, here's a black, here's a Latino show. It's Young mm-hmm. Fox. And we're doing this show. It just specifically for our primary audience and what it was it was good it was good but see here's the thing about that it was a different era then in the 90s man it was so much popping hip-hop culture was a lot like the culture of young black america the culture of this was so alive and intriguing it we, we were starting to get mainstream shine after we had been mocked and made fun of in the early stages of it. Now we're selling your kids everything from soda to the clothes they wear, to their styles, everything, everything. So in the 90s, it wasn't just the music. We affected everything. Hip-hop culture, young black culture affected everything. The, the, the movies, the television shows people watch, 
we, we were all over the place, right? Fast forward some years, we don't have that much representation as we did then. Back then, every network had at least four or five black shows mm -hmm. in the lineups somewhere, maybe more. And not just the CW or whatever, uh, what was it back then, the, the WB and UPN. Mm -hmm. We're talking everybody from Fear of a Dog to Steve Harvey to uh, Mark Curry. Folks had TV shows, The Fresh Prince, LL Cool J. They were black shows. We don't have that right now. And I'm like, what happened? So I, don't, I definitely don't want to see now that we've got more black shows on television or shows with black cast, minorities and features in the cast. I don't want to see us marginalized, and I definitely don't want to see us making any kind of mistake that'll get us portrayed in a negative light or possibly canceled before we have our due and really get, gain a, a, a foothold again and can make black, uh, programming that not just blacks, but all minorities can watch and all people can watch and say, hey, that's a good show. It's not just a good black show. It's a good show all, all, all the way around. So I definitely don't want to see anything that's going to disturb that or, or, or cause the show to say, you know, not reach a full audience the way it should and be right. pigeonholed. Good deal. Jace, what do you think? My thing is I actually agree with like the, the, the two police interactions. I'm like, that was a little too real for me. And I understood you wanted to like kind of have some point where you're like, uh, it captivates the audience. But you, for an initial, initial pilot episode, you're like, I would have rather him, his reason for, getting upset and starting to use his power would have been like somebody harassing his daughter, harassing his ex-wife versus the pol police are the bad guys. And like fear, I mean, you have, especially in the post Kaepernick era, you got folks just like, Oh, you hate police officers. Oh, we just, I'm not going to watch you. It's like, and if there's probably something deeper to this show than that. So you wanted to say, you don't want to just put it like, okay, you're already, you come out on that pilot episode. Police are incompetent. It's sad because you can name the amount of shows that have had poor to to just outright fictional representations of minorities. Not you know whether we're talking black, Latino, wherever. The hey, what's happening? Que pasa, Holmes? You know the overdone, overdoing the stereotypes of every every race, right? Outside of white, they are never faced with these criticisms that could cause them to leave the airwaves. They, they make it up just, the Nelson ratings. That's, that's the, the truth is the Nelson households are probably not majority black or brown of course not. households. Like, so of course you have not. to kind of play slightly nice. Like, you have to be beige. You can, if you, if you look at 90% of the shows on CBS at night, there's not, any good black representation, always characters. I mean, Zero. all. I mean, like, I mean, like, if you look at New York, uh, what's that? Uh, Blue Bloods. I don't. I think. I, 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 if I turn to it, there's never actually a black person on that show who literally is like for the good of the people. It's, we have a police family, and all of every time there's a black person, it's a black drug dealer or the crooked pastor yeah. who's trying to do something that has his. They're either criminal or victim. They're never in a position of being a hero or an actual person. They're just hero or victim. I'm, I'm sorry. They're just criminal or victim. But as a Nelson household, they're probably like, oh, well, I can deal with this because, you know, I look good. Like, oh, no, no problem with me. Like, oh, that's what they look like. But it's 
like a black, I mean, like you, you can do like Luke Cage got really good ratings. In, I mean, like for Netflix, because it was like, Hey, you saw how many black people were actually tuning in to watch the show. Mm-hmm. And then they would tell their friends, it's like, no, this ain't just a black show, but it's really good. And then they could, everybody could give it a chance. But if you're out of, if you're in the, the Nelson rating game, you got to play that long game. You have to say, hey, we ca- we have an audience target, but we have to not alienate. And I, I don't know, like, we can't alienate folks just because it's like, oh, well, it's a black. I mean, the cops, everybody who's white is a racist. Like, okay. Okay. So, what did you like about the show? I liked about so I like I liked his, like I actually liked when he wasn't a superhero. That was like the funniest thing, like of a superhero show. I liked when he was like the principal, uh, the father. Like when he was actually like you know he's like the call, like he said in the end of your review like when he was you know the call and response you know the kids like a graduation ninety percent you know he, he's he's doing like things positive things in the community it's like oh that was that was actually a good representation I like that um, I, I like uh, the early special effects like when he was uh, early nine years ago how he's like the ball head you know how he's not doing it because he was his wife said I'm leaving you you take the kids because I know you can be a good man. I just need you to focus and be the good man for these kids, not for everybody else in the community. And then leaving your kids without a father because you are being a good man for the world. Like I, I, I liked it. I, I liked, I'm hoping you, you don't have to have a slow burn for him and his wife's reconciliation too. I'm like, he can be a good dad. I mean, she was okay for him pulling up the black lightning costume to get his daughters back. Like she don't have to have that slow C, uh, CW year long, uh, reconciliation, will they, will they, won't they, and then have some stupid uh, ex-boyfriend come in the way or ex-girlfriend get in the way. It, it definitely earns its, its shot on uh, watching on viewing to me. Uh, and I think the the super bad guy who was playing, uh, I, I want to say Tobias in the background, but yeah, nobody's going to, everybody knows it's me, but you're not going to see me weekly, which I, I, as I was laughing about wrestling, but that is best bad guys you don't see all the time but i want to hate you but i hate you even more than i don't see so all right chief so what do you think man you gonna give it a shot now uh, i don't know oh man i thought we were convinced jeez yeah, yeah I, I, I listen man i all right i don't know I, it, it didn't sound that sexy still <laughs> all right <laughs> speaking of not sexy this is our stupid news of the week uh, so some guy who has way too much, way, way, way too much time on his hands, decided he does not like women in his Star Wars movies. So right. he made a recut of The Last Jedi, and he got rid of all of the female scenes. I'm curious how this was made outside of a dude bootlegging the movie, but he got rid of every trace of females in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Star Wars The Last Jedi. So, how stupid do you think this was, and why would anyone spend that amount of time on a movie so focused on females? Um, he, hates, he hates women. Um... You make the He-Man Woman Haters version of Star Wars for yourself because you need to get your penis within 20 feet of a woman. You, you really need to get within the realm of a woman. That, that is, I, I can't say that enough. Guys like that hate women because they have no idea how to attract women. They have no idea how to even talk or approach a woman. 
that come on, no woman killed this movie. Who killed this movie were the writers. They just did a piss poor job. Male or female. It wasn't the women. It wasn't the women. Get over yourself. Chief, and stop you it. Go get a girlfriend. This is the thing. Uh, people do weird things, man. Um, yeah. Last election, I don't know if you guys know this, but 11,000 people woke up, got out of their beds, went to the voting booth, stood in line, went into the voting booth, and voted for Harambe the gorilla. Yeah. 11,000 so, people. So what I'm saying is this. People do strange things for whatever reason. So if he uh, wants to cut all the women out of the Star Wars franchise, if that's how you want to spend your time, you know, that that's fine. You know what I mean? Um, on the flip side, how many people were clamoring for Santa Menace without Jar Jar Binks? So there's probably a market for it. I mean, I I'm not in that market, but because I, I don't think there was the women were a problem, and I didn't think I think the story in seven eight is a problem. It ain't the, the girl, the females aren't the problem. It's the story. It's like if I have any issue with it, it's the story. It's not with who, which character did what. So, so basically, does that mean you take out everything that Finn did because he's hanging with Rose for a good chunk of that middle money movie? Let let me. Digest this movie again and like, yeah, this isn't what I expected out of Star Wars, but I'm not gonna recast. I mean, recut the movie just because I don't like certain parts of it. Like, that's ridiculous. It's award season, and everybody's putting out their awards. It's time for the Lows Movie Files Awards. I asked the fellas to come up with their own special, unique awards because you know we've we've seen all the the best actor, best picture, blah 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 blah. But here, Lows Movie Files. We need to do something a little bit different. And after some complaints from the uh, peanut gallery, I decided to switch up the order a little bit. So, Jace, would you like to take it away, please? I know they have, like, the uh, American, like, one of those, like, fan-voted awards. But I think, especially, like, how Hollywood misses the ball in some of these great movies that really should be the best pictures or something like that, like, kind of like a fan-voted, like, this is, the best picture, the, the fans voted like or top grossing movie of the year. Like the year Avengers was the top grossing movie, but then they had the Avengers cast come out to the Academy Awards to try and bring some extra viewers. But it was like they're just presenting awards, and nobody's going to draw that. So it's like if you said, "Hey, Avengers are going to get a movie uh, award," you see, you might see all the cast out there because they had the top grossing movie. That might entice people to watch that one. So I would say a fan voted. Best picture, and that would be that would be my uh, award. Let the masses come up with their favorite movie of this year. Chief, how about you? What what's up on your award list? Uh, <laughs> I had Skull Island, uh, the Kong movie, has my surprise movie of the year last year. Um, very entertaining watching that. Um, a movie that I didn't. Uh, besides Logan, my most disappointing movie besides Logan was uh, also Bright. I thought I thought Bright was truly some garbage too. So Logan and Bright, I think we were uh, we touched on uh, how after all these X Men movies, uh, the way they just did Wolverine in the end. Um, <laughs> I believe my right. I believe yeah. my. Uh, 
my greatest the, the um my 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 uh my buddy movie, my favorite buddy movie was Girls Trip last year. I found Girls Trip to be just just hilarious. And I remember going into the movie thinking, uh, you know, and I, I you know, I cried laughing through most of that movie. I thought I got the we didn't check the facts, he's a racist, uh, was the uh the greatest showman on earth thing with the, the, the Ringdom Brothers. Um my favorite movie, of course, uh, was Wonder Woman. I think that that movie was was pretty awesome. Um, and and Thor gets a a, a a a close second. I thought Thor was fantastic too. There was only one scary movie I thought I saw last year, and that was it. So uh, I think it. You know, I mean, if you only saw one, it's gonna only take one to really be the 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 number one movie. And I believe, gentlemen, that I am done. All right. Javari, how about you, man? What's your, your pick here? about me? We're going to do the whatevs 2.0 reloaded electric boogaloo part two. So the first award in the whatevs is the category of TV's Out to Pasture Award. Our first nominee is NCIS. As mentioned, when the show first started, Pauly Perrette was the hot golf girl. Now she's the middle-aged woman working the weekday shift at Hot Topic. Second in category is the Big Bang Theory. The nerds had their revenge. It's time to go. Third nominee, Law & Order SVU. It's 18 years of iced tea delivering stiff dialogue. And Mariska Haggerty looking like she's sucking on a lemon. We need we need new NBC. Come on. Fourth is Family Guy. Uh, it's, it's just gotten lazy. Like remember the time when Family Guy was funny, and I wish I had a cutaway. They were cut back to like ten years ago. Um, <laughs> oh next, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. As a Kool Aid man bust through the wall. Next award is the Don't Say That Award. The Don't Say That Award, if you don't know, for overused slangs, overused uh, verbiage that we uh, have gotten way too familiar with in 2017 that we should let die in 2018. Number one, first uh, nominee is Lit, because I am tired of everyone being lit. Even my grandmother is getting lit these days, so no one needs to get lit anymore in 2018. I don't want to hear anyone else say yes, whether you're an effeminate gay man, a sassy black woman, or a 20-something-year-old white girl who's just trying to find her inner hood rat. I don't want to hear you say yes. Uh, Number three, third, is stay woke. Nothing says I am up on current events and... Also, uh, 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 exercising my, my consciousness and, uh, of all things in the world, especially affecting black people, by saying hashtag stay woke, hashtag shut up. Uh, next hashtag is hashtag goals. If you have goals, that's great. Just work on fulfilling them instead of sending them in a hashtag to a, in a text. Just go about accomplishing these goals. You don't have to tell us all. And you definitely don't have to cheapen them with a hashtag the same goals. Great. Uh, fifth nominee is AF. Those of you who aren't familiar, 
It's uh, as fornicating under consent of the king, use your imagination. Nothing needs to be as blank. It just needs to be as something else. Be creative. Use language. Six is savage. Because everything isn't savage. If somebody gets dunked on in the course of a basketball game, it's not savage. It's just the basketball move. It doesn't have to be savage, okay? Just let things be. Or, 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 or find another way to describe it. Everything isn't savage. Next. The Kirk Cousins, you like that award for 2017. Uh, number one, still, a Tribe Called Quest. We got it from here. Thank you for your support. It's my vote for best album of the year. Um, if you're a Tribe Called Quest fan like me, or if you're not a Tribe Called Quest fan, you just love good music, you love good hip-hop, it's a throwback, it's, it's modern, it, it's current, it's not a bunch of guys in skinny jeans who weigh a combined 113 pounds with pink dreads and a million tattoos talking about how tough they are when they wear women's clothes. It's, it's hip-hop, it's beats and rhymes. It's what we need. It, it's a message. It's lyricism. It's what we need right now. Um, number two, the youth. To the I forgot them in the last go round, but I had to include the youth because I cut them. Uh, the cast of It and Stranger Things. They killed it. They killed it. These kids made both of these, the movie and the show. We talk about how great Stranger Things is, but these kids really sell it. It was great. The guy who, whatever, Bill Skarsgård, right? And the effects, all of it, it was it was great. But the kids really sold it, man. It's foul-mouthed little bastards. I love them. Uh, three, Wonder Woman, probably best movie of the year across the board. Not just action, but it was just a well-done movie. Number four, Glow, the Netflix series Glow. We fell in love with this series, my wife and I. It's not just, it, it, it's a good show for a lot of reasons. It's not just, just ladies wrestling. It, it, it's a good show, great show, but for so many reasons. It's great Mark Marin does such a great job in that show. It, it's fantastic. I, if you haven't seen it, please watch it. It should be on pretty. It should be back soon. Say, uh, season two should be uh, maybe in a few months this year. Uh, number five, the Super Bowl, the best game, best sporting event of the year, because that was a hell of a comeback, and the Atlanta Falcons deserve a big donkey of the day, courtesy of a. Uh, courtesy of the breakfast club for blowing a 28-3 lead halftime. You guys are idiots. Uh, number six, finally in the category, J.J. Watt for Sportsman of the Year. That dude just, uh, he could run for, like I said, he could run for mayor and, and governor of the state of Texas and win both. He's, he, he did great during the, um, he did great raising money for the state of Texas, but for the city of Houston, he just, he, he really, he put himself out there, man. He could have just stayed at home with a boot on and, and did nothing and watched everything on TV. But homeboy went out there and did a lot for the community. Big up to him. Uh, new award added just in the last few hours is the Jive Ass Turkey Award. And we got four nominees for Jive Ass Turkey. So like Donkey of the Day, these are people who deserve to be called a Jive Turkey. Uh, number one, Donald Trump for obvious reasons. Number two, Donald Trump, for obvious reasons. Okay, number 45 was we can go from one to 45, and they're all going to be Donald Trump. He's a jive-ass turkey, so give him 45 awards. And that's my uh, the what-ifs. That's my awards. I really wish you would put more thought and attention into these. <laughs> I, I should have, man. I didn't have the time. I just kind of winged it.
yeah, I don't really have anything else to add on that one. That was that was funny stuff. Fellas, uh anything else going on this week? I know we had some exciting football games and I'm very excited that we had some some new blood that's going into the championship games. I'm uh I'm happy for the Vikings. Actually happy for Case Keenum Keenum cuz that was a great game. Stefan Diggs with a crazy play. That was that was oh, what yeah. playoffs are all about. So yes, all weekend we had good football games. So I'm hoping that uh, Jacksonville manages to come up with some miracle and Me we too. get a Jacksonville Minnesota Super Bowl to make everybody at TV Land very unhappy at the prospects of that Super Bowl. Who are you guys cool. picking this weekend? Who are you guys picking? Uh, I, I got the Eagles and. Uh... I got Eagles and Patriots. You realize Nick Foles is a quarterback for the for the Eagles, right? <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't I didn't say this was gonna be a good thing. <laughs> okay, okay. I was just just curious. I I, I just, just I, I, I'm, now I, I think Vikings as you were saying, like uh, we were talking on Sunday, but this would force the commentators to do kind of a little more legwork versus the easy stories. So I'm I'm I mean, a Jacksonville Minnesota Super Bowl would be interesting, but I kinda uh, if you can put a, if if these guys can put up forty five points on each other, I'm okay. I don't care what it is. I don't want to see a ten to six game. Yeah, I'm I'm all about the Jags. Really rooting for them, and I know that means the kiss of death with tongue. So the Patriots are going to go to yet another Super Bowl, and we're going to hear how awesome that dynasty is one yeah, more it's time. It's going to We're going to hear about the Patriots one more time. Hopefully, just I'm more. hoping that this is it because I, look, honestly. I appreciate the greatness and longevity of greatness of the New England Patriots. It's not often in any sport that a team maintains this kind of success with the with, with the two key per pieces of personnel, the coach and the star player, right? Yes, it also helps we, when the league changes rules for your quarterback and looks anyway. – But we ain't getting on that. Yeah, we ain't yeah. getting on that. And yeah. as, as always, I'm contractually obligated to thank Chief and all other Giants fans for their efforts in – putting a couple of L's on that Brady Super Bowl record. 18 and 1, baby. That was the best season ever. 18 and 1. Yeah, Chief, how about you? My what pick, you think is going to happen? Uh, I hate the Patriots. That's pretty much my my statement. All right. I, I can get that. I could care, care less about the NFC side. The Patriots, I hate them. I hate, I hate all of them. All of them. So, so you're not rooting against the Eagles just because you're a Giants fan? I mean, the Eagles. Listen, yeah. I, I don't. I, I'm not even going to entertain the NFC side. <laughs> I, I don't care. Um, I, I just don't care. I, only thing I care about is the Patriots do not get back in it. Yeah. I, I I can't stand the Patriots. Um, and 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 I, I got to be honest with you. I, I hesitated on buying Madden this year. Because Brady was on the cover. Brady was on the cover. <laughs> I already had a Gronk. I already had. A, I already got. David gave you Gronk, and then turn right around and give you Tom give you Brady. Tom yeah, Brady. Come on, man. Who's gonna be on the cover of, of nineteen? Matt Patricia. Get out of here. Kiss my ass. I'm not <laughs> buying it. Listen, I hate the Patriots. That's it. All right, Javon. I, I forgot to it. ask you, man. Well, who's your picks? Dude, I. My my heart of heart, I want to say Jacksonville in Minnesota, in the in the Super Bowl in Minnesota, and we see the kind of finish that we saw just that just Sunday in Minnesota, a great down to the wire finish, 
and they play Let's Go Crazy, and they do that skull chant at the end. Dude, that skull chant, can you imagine walking through the tunnel when that's going on That'd before be the game? Oh, my God. You're, you're the away team? Hell no. I, I honestly think we're going to get New England and, 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 and Philly, which at that point, I'm going to watch the Puppy Bowl for five hours straight. I'm, yeah, think, I'm out. That would, that would be such a letdown for Minnesota fans. Like, you have a chance to host the Super Bowl. I mean, nobody has gotten this close to hosting it. Like, you're in a championship game in your building. I mean, it's yeah. just like – and it gets a weak Philadelphia thing. Like, if it was – No, they're going on the road. They're going to Philly. If, if you're an opposing team, I don't. I mean, that would be like even if it was Tom Brady, that would be a great story. It's like you're, this is the first time somebody's played a Super Bowl in their own season. It's like so, if Tom wins that game, it would be like yeah, that that would be a great end to his career. But if Minnesota wins, like could you imagine being in Minnesota, winning the Super Bowl in Minnesota? I mean, no. that, that party, even if it was like negative twenty degrees, there would be so many people outside having a great time. That would be sure. a sight to see. I would, I would enjoy seeing that just for that. All right, fellas. Well, thank you for all your witty commentary, all your help getting us through yet another episode. Thank you all for listening. This episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed.